0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is already, you guys, we are rolling along. It's like the 25th, and we are just kind of cold out here. Every time I see people on vacation, I keep thinking about how, oh, they didn't get the memo about how cold June is in In Southern California, but wow, it's like you're wearing a sweatshirt during the day. Inland, when you're not by the beaches where the tourists aren't, it's a lot warmer, but right by the water, and the water is always cold, but it's just such an interesting factor. But today, you guys, I'm going to share something with you. It's an ongoing conversation I have been having with someone who will remain anonymous, but Um, in an inbox. They um, were facing a big illness and it was very scary, a big surprise in their lives and they ended up with cancer. And they're still young. You know, not young like 20 young, but young like 40 young. And they wrote me to just ask me a question and I'm going to read you their question and then I'm going to read you the answer. So the question was, good morning, Nadia. Please know that I don't expect you to respond to my thoughts. I just know in my heart that you have been and are, and yes, I plan on living a long, strong, loving, true, and pure life, the biggest spiritual influence with Christ and God at your side. Now to my thoughts. Lately, I have been feeling a bit disappointed. Self-pity was definitely surfacing, and that's not me. I want to be me, and the worst part of preventing this disease from coming back is taking drugs. I have to know in my heart that this is part of my path. I want to be loving in the process and true. Today is my first day of chemo. They place what looks like a doorbell, ha, 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 a port below the right of my clavicle to administer the chemo. During this time, I plan on reading and writing a lot and to throw self-pity out the window and door and stomp on it as I walk out. I just wanted to share that. I love you and your teachings ever so dearly and God knows it. And, oh, that Christ guy as well. Ha, ha. Love you, Nadia. So I read that, and I thought, what a person watching out for their soul that right before chemo, they're coming clean about how they feel about this. Nobody will ever be happy to get cancer. It's not like this exciting moment in our lives to hear that, right? And then to deal with it, and then to get to the treatment part—you know, there's a lot that goes into us. And you know, the, always the bigger question is why is this happening? But at the time, while it's happening, you're not really asking, "Hey, why is this happening to me?" You know why? You're you have cancer, and just to swallow that pill of. Already knowing what you're going to have to go through because by now we've all known someone and we've all dealt with someone. We've all heard about it. We've seen stories on news. We've seen stories featured. We've seen friends who told us about friends. We've seen family. We've gone through it somewhere in our lives. So now we know, hey, when this happens to us, this is what we're going to go through And this person already is saying, in this time, look at how foresight, how strong it is. I'm going to, and already making a plan to not let it eat up their lives. So then I'm going to read you, because Christ was definitely part of this answer, what happened. So I start to write and like thinking, how could I even comfort someone going through this? And all I heard in my head was, you don't need the comfort, truth comfort. So let's just tell the truth. And I didn't think I wasn't, but we always try to come up with something, right, that we think is going to help someone, but all we really have to do is tell each other the truth of the situation. So this this was the answer. It said this is truly a time that teeters on scary, weird, beautiful and starts asking whys and makes you feel bad and sorry for yourself and for others in your life. It is crazy the range of emotions that embody cancer and its realities. In truth, this is Experience of your life, appreciation of life, even though you have always been there doing that, yet there must be more to learn, and this is the vehicle for you to learn it. It sure breaks a lot of our thoughts into pieces for a while, and then we rebuild ourselves even stronger, better, even more loving, and we have greater value put on our lives, our families and what we do and say with each other. Christ keeps saying, try to not allow your ego to rob you of this experience. You will not be there for long. However, this experience will shape the rest of your life as it has started to do so. God bless your beautiful soul as it endures what it never thought to be in its past. God bless your beautiful soul to face this experience with the dignity that you are and have. And may your strength now deepen and lead your path. Allow for fear, yet face it. Allow for sadness, soothe it. Cry so that you can laugh. Laugh so that you can cry. It is all okay to feel since you are human and your emotions lead the way. Yet in the back of your mind, you know you are not defined by illness. You are experiencing it for now. I love you. Thank you for writing. You know enough not to isolate yourself when you can help yourself deal with such an enormous time in your life. And that was it. So she sent back, this is so beautiful. Please do share it. The world needs to hear this over and over. I will do my best to call out ego and tell it to step aside that my my soul could enjoy this time on earth. Thank you in Christ so much. Love you dearly. I will read this over and over and over again. And when I read that, it made me cry. We are all facing something. And sometimes the days that we feel like we don't know what to do would mean so much to someone else. Yet on the days that we don't know what to do, we start to find little thoughts little things that build us for days where we need to know what to do. There is no wasted moment. There's no wasted time. There's nothing that you're walking around doing wrong. You're just building. You're building yourself with every thought, every minute. It's, it's just the value. You know, we've just been like cowboys out there with hearing all this crazy news and, and people lying and trying to sell it as truth and people hurting each other and shooting each other and running around, but that's a small part of our world that gets magnified into our minds and made to look way bigger than it is because they played over and over again trying to sell TV time or trying to sell newspapers or get your attention. It's all about getting attention. But at the end of the day, what you do in your life every single day, good, bad, or indifferent, helping others or being alone, or helping yourself so that you can feel like you are part of the world you live in. So as we go along we find something like this, And Christ says things like, allow for fear, yet face it. Allow for sadness, yet soothe it. Cry so that you can laugh, and laugh so that you can cry. It is all okay to feel since you are human and your emotions lead the way. We aren't defined by our experiences. We are enriched By our experiences we are enriched over and over again the hardest things we say I don't know if I can go through that I don't know if I want to go through that but if we're there it's ours to go through an ego wants to come in and rob you of the experience and replace it with anger and what ifs and what have shoulda, couldas, and it just goes on and on, just banging on your head, trying to get you to give up your experience. And Christ is saying, hey, man, fight for your experience. It's yours. Wouldn't be happening. Wouldn't be happening if there wasn't something for you in it. Wouldn't be happening. Fear is a false leader. As much as we can say it, I see people fall right into it all the time. But What if, and they try to tell me a fear that's like big enough for me to say, yeah, I get it, be scared. I would be too. That I say, I can't begin to imagine how you feel other than what you told me. And what you told me brought a lot of appreciation in my mind for you for what this could feel like, because you're teaching me right now. And your honesty, that you don't know if you're being your best, whatever that is, your best is just to be you. Because that's where ego starts the unraveling, right? The ego comes in and it tries to get you to begin with, to fight yourself. And then it works its way towards building that template in your mind and then you're the person fighting everyone else because you haven't even addressed fighting yourself. But to face it this early on and say, hey, I don't like this. I don't know if I could be kind during this episode in my life. Yet you're being kind to yourself by seeking, seeking emotional companionship in this time by seeking a conversation, by calling it out already. Because ego just wants to leave us in despair. It never has a plan, never had a plan, and never will have a plan that leaves you satisfied in the end. And when you need an answer most, it's all of a sudden you hit a wall and where's ego to be found? not going to help you get out of it. it. It only wanted to help you get in it. And then there's Christ who comes at us with the kind of love anything feel like we can go through it. And everything we are facing on earth is meant for us to grow past. Because we're here to grow. So if it's in front of us, we can grow through it. How will be what we figure out? Because calling out our ego is our best defense to fighting for our lives. Our ego can talk us into doing a lot of the stuff we do see on the news. Our ego can take away any experience it wants to if we let it. It'll tell you you're too sick to do this. You're too tired to do that. It's okay if you take a day off when you know you have something important to do. Don't call them back because if you do, you're going to be responsible for whatever. Don't help people. Nobody cares. Oh, you're alone. Nobody was ever there. And this person had to crawl over those thoughts to write and say, hey, I'm calling ego out. I don't want to experience this with ego. I just don't know how to shut it down. Then Christ knew how to shut it down. So all that talk about truth and love and purity, all of that, does it pass the sniff test when it comes to that? Is it true? Do I really feel that way? Yeah, I'm scared. But I have a team of doctors. I have a family. I'm going to retreat for a while. This is what I'm going to do with that time. I'm going to try my best. We have another listener years ago who was going through this and wrote me. By now, she's told all of you about it, and it was Wilma, and she was facing breast cancer. She was still working. She was facing breast cancer. Her kids were still young. Obviously, she was still young, and we had similar conversations over and over again. She would just write me when she needed. She asked not to tell anyone. At the time, because it was just too big already, and you can't even imagine bigger yet. It's just too much to deal with in the moment. And then after things were said and done and some years passed, she was able, she was able to say, hey, you know what? I went through this. I went through that. This is what happened and I'm still standing. When we hear the word cancer, it's like automatic fear. Automatic, it used to be that we would pass, that we would be gone, that we would not be here. But that's no longer true either. For whatever reason, And we may not know it until we're through it. Maybe it's to change direction in our life. Maybe it's to enrich the relationships we have. Maybe it's to move. But we figure it out along the way. As we figure it out, we start to say things like, Oh, I get this now. Oh, now I know why. Oh, wow. A lot of that. You learn self-care in a very quiet, very revealing, like almost a bare-naked way. And we're going to deal with these things on and off in our lives. We're going to face these things, whether we're caring for someone or it's us ourselves, or we hear about a friend to God. you'll hear him most in that time because you'll be quietest. It's like the COVID time that shut us all down. And in some places, it's still COVID time. When we all started to hear ourselves, it took us a while to wind down. It was like, at first, oh my gosh, we're all off from work. And that turned into... Wow, I have too much time on my hands. I've cleaned, I've done this, I've done that. And it was like, whoa, 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 not ready yet to go out into the world. Back, what else can you do? What else do you feel? Who are you? How is this changing you? How is this bringing life to you? As we look at COVID as A scary sentence to have, an experience to have, because it's a wild card. We just didn't know who was going to be affected how. Some people that were perfectly healthy were affected the worst, and other people that were sick all the time made it through the other end. We just didn't know. So we stayed in, stayed away from it, tried not to get it. I know people who've had it very badly. I know people who've passed from it in our family. Some were hospitalized and went back home. And yet, it has given us all greater love and greater appreciation. And for those of us who are meant to still be here, we witness those lessons as though we are also going through them in a different way. We witness our compassion. We witness our appreciation of having today, of being able to breathe. I know these things sound like, oh yeah, well of course we're breathing, but when you had COVID you weren't. You couldn't. Not easily. Things like health came to the forefront and everything else was a far second. In health, emotionally and physically and spiritually, we were having to find our way without going to a house of worship, without going to a gym every day where we saw people like we would if we went to school. Kids who weren't able to go to school, we started realizing how important human interaction is. why we wanted it, why we craved it, why we needed it. And when we're sick, we're learning to reach out to each other instead of retreat, not tell anyone, suffer in silence, get mad at the fact that you're in a place where you have to face this. And we're just saying, okay, I'm going to face this and this is how I'm going to do it. This is how I want to do it. We know we have a choice. We have choices. I want to do it with heart. I want to feel it. I want to understand it. I want to learn it. I'll be able to sleep and rest every single day, no matter what I go through during that day. Let me make it. Let me make it a day that makes my life feel like it's worth living. I've never been a person to give up, and what would I be giving up now? I'd be giving up what I came here to learn. And I know that it sounds, you know, like when someone is is really sick, like, oh, yeah, I get that, but I'm sick. And I say, yeah, I know. That's why I'm saying this. I had an illness in, gosh, it was before I saw Christ, so 1999. And it took me out for seven months. Seven months of my life was mostly sleeping. But I had viral meningitis. And they sent me home and told me, if you start convulsing and you start vomiting, come back. But they didn't even want me in the hospital because it was viral. It wasn't bacterial. They couldn't treat it with an antibiotic. But it it inflames your brain stem and then travels down your back. And I got it because I was newly divorced. I was working two jobs. My kids were young. And I wore myself out. I sound and look the way I do now. But at the same time, I got this virus, and it took me down hard. I knew I wasn't going to die from it. When they sent me home, I knew, didn't know, was that I was going to be sleeping for 18 hours a day or more if I could while my body was going to repair itself. took me seven months to go back to work. But those seven months were that block of time was one of the most defining times of my life. ever since that happened to me, I felt like I was here for free. <laughs> jeez, I just made it through that. What can I do next in my life? Just a appreciating having energy. I would have to sleep the whole time my kids were in school so that when they can come home, I could be awake enough to make them dinner and to do their homework with them and to get things going and get them ready for the next day. And then as time went on and I got more hours back and I literally, it was like one hour at a time for months, I would start, Revolunteering at the school, making sure, you know, I put fresh clothes on that day and took a shower. I didn't have the energy. It was like a huge ordeal to do those things. Now, you know, after being in third world countries and after having illness and standing under a shower, I'm like, oh, my God, this feels so good. Never escapes me. Never gets old because that's what experience taught me. That's what experience teaches us. When we say, as we get older, I appreciate this, I appreciate that, I'm grateful for this, I'm grateful for that, it's because our experience dialed us back away from feeling like we have to have all this weird stuff to make us happy And we find out happy is that we can take a shower, that we have a home, that we have a bedroom, that we have a fridge with food in it. That when it runs out, we can go to the store and buy food. Bring it back in and that we can cook. We can stand on top of a stove and make ourselves food that tastes really good. We can open our front door and go for a walk and exercise our bodies. We can find something We love to do and go to every day and get paid for it instead of I have to find a job. We have all these great choices. We start to see it that way. Like, wow, what in life do I want to do now? So thank you so much for asking me to read this, for asking me to talk about it. And God bless you, and God bless all of us to keep us close to each other and to help each other and to know that we are there. And thank you, Liam, for saying great post you just posted about listening to ego. There you go. goes right with today. I love you guys. Have a great weekend, and I will see you on Monday morning. Bye-bye. You have been li-